Hello and welcome everybody to Wrestling With Statistics. I am today's host, Craig from ProWrestlingMusings.com as Ryan is ill with the flu and joining me today is my very special guest, the godfather of podcasts, um, the man with a thousand and is it a thousand and four holds that Chris Jericho famously mocked Dean Malenko with. Um, I'm joined by Mags from Badlands and why we watch podcasts and many, many more, I'm sure. <laughs> wow, what an introduction there. Unfortunately, you could, your listeners are going to have to temper their expectations because uh, whilst I may be prolific in podcasts, I don't think the quality is quite there. You don't you don't match Chris Jericho's 1,004 holds. <laughs> I can do an arm bar and a reverse arm bar. <laughs> so <laughs> I've probably got two holds. I, I need to see you um, list, uh, listing all the podcasts you do now on an ex, extravagantly large ah, sheet of paper. I, I, am, I, am, I take offence with this kind of like um, thought that I've got these millions of podcasts. I have three podcasts. I have uh, While We Watch, I have uh, Badlands, and I have Five Rounds. I just end up being on so many other people's podcasts that I think I kind of get attached to them, and it's like I'm, I'm part of that show, and I'm really not. I just have – I produce three podcasts. Okay, okay. And, and that's producing inverted commas. <laughs> I, I believe you're doing yourself a disservice, but we'll, we'll, we'll call it modesty. Um, so how, how long have you been doing this for, podcasting? Um, it's coming on now for, it's about two years. Um, I got my start in podcasting just by being a, uh, being a, someone who listened to podcasts, started off with like the bigger name wrestling podcasts, uh, like Stone Cold, uh, and then the Conrad Thompson ones. Uh, but I kind of drifted away from them when, um, when they kind of became almost like adverts. They were almost like always trying to Mm -hmm. shill something. Uh, so that's when I got kind of invested in more fan-created content. Uh, but even back then, I wasn't particularly interested in creating uh, a podcast of my own. It's only when I, I was invited on a couple of podcasts from a, a couple of friends of mine uh, where I kind of caught the bug. Um, and, yeah, it was just I thought this is something that I could be interested in. It kind of takes my passion for wrestling and uh it, it it makes more of more of that. So yeah, I started with uh with why we watch uh, as a as a concept with me and uh, a friend of mine called Mark. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a um, a two man uh, podcast where we'd speak to other wrestling fans. Uh, Mark, unfortunately, real life kind of caught up with him, and he just wasn't able to commit. So I I took the daunting task of uh, of taking the podcast on on solo, and yeah, I just literally got the bug, and then I was offered another spot on a network to to uh, create another podcast, and then me and my son are both massive UFC fans, and it just felt like a natural progression to to like take those conversations we have about uh, UFC and and record them and put mm. uh, put more content out. So it's just been yeah, it's just been something that I, it's been like a whirlwind almost over the last two years I've, and I've, I've been in, incredibly fortunate to be involved with some huge networks and to get some amazing uh, offers for for uh, spots and I, I just like talking about wrestling I just like talking to to fans and uh, it affords me that and it, I've been able to go on and uh, speak on other people's podcasts and make guest appearances yeah and it's just yeah, it's, it's just mm-hmm. cool it kind of like brings the the wrestling community together yeah, it's a kind of it's a kind of way of um, being very involved. I've always kind of thought 
Yeah, absolutely. And I've met, I've made some uh, amazing friendships through through podcasting with people who ordinarily I would have never have spoken to if it wasn't for having a podcast. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's been very very positive. Yeah, it's a very it's a very um it's it's a strange thing like because I'm I'm obviously much newer into it than than you are, but you kind of it's almost um it's almost like a joke within kind of uh, maybe in media and with it throughout kind of normal society that oh you like um you don't you don't make friends on the internet but mm-hmm. i suppose when you're um into a more niche thing like like wrestling then um it, it is it is a good way of making those connections and and being able to share you know the the that kind of interest that that you have that's that's kind of how um i've felt about it the kind of last year since i've been kind of trying to get involved with wrestling twitter and that yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think the thing with podcasts is, is as long as you uh, you kind of temper your own expectations, um, too many people come into podcasting thinking they're going to be a, a massive success straight away, and they're going to get uh-huh. millions of downloads, and yeah. they're going to get sponsorships and stuff like that. And it just it it's it may work like that for the uh, the very select few, but for for the ninety nine percent, it just doesn't work like that. And that's never been kind of my aim. Uh, I've been lucky to to pick up sponsorships. Uh, down the road but it's never been something I've been mm-hmm. actively going out to, to seek it's always been about the conversation for me um, but yeah it's just it, as long as you kind of don't think you're going to be a millionaire off being a podcaster just do it for the enjoyment and whatever comes comes then yeah it's been it's been uh, a success for me and I, I hang, think- on, hang on hang on hang on um, hang on sorry you, you um we won't become millionaires off of this. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, you you may very well oh. do your 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 uh, statistical analysis is it's it's way way beyond anything that I could come up with. So <laughs> you could definitely come up with a a, a million dollars yeah. um, kind of idea. But yeah, for the ninety nine percent of us, we definitely won't be uh, millionaires. But the the actual the the main thing I get from podcasting is is inspiring other people to podcast that's the the uh, kind of the happy accident that that I judge my podcast on is that I've had people on my show who have never even ventured into the world of podcasting before and now the the people are going out and making their own podcast and getting their own voice across and that to me is is worth all the sponsorships in the world it's it's so cool to see wrestling fans just being able to talk and get the voice out there yeah and they're they're so 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 many so many wrestling podcasts now um they're kind of thousand and four of of, of them <laughs> at least perhaps um so um shall we shall we shall we start to get into the matches yes let's do it so um what we're going to be doing today is this is a new japan cup um final preview podcast and I've kind of been on a catch-up sprint over the last few days to to watch all the matches. So I was ready for this podcast and ready to um to to preview the final. And this morning I was able to watch Sonata versus Evil and Okada versus Romo Takahashi. And that's kind of where we're going to be starting with this podcast today. And um, both very interesting matches. Um, one perhaps of a higher standard than the other. Um, so we'll we'll start with that one. Uh, we're going to start with Los Ingernables de Japón. I've probably <laughs> butchered um, that pronunciation. Um, and Sonata versus Evil, which is perhaps not the two members that 
um, a lot of people would have thought might have come out of that side of the uh, the draft, the draft, so not the draft, the the bracket. Wrong sports terminology. <laughs> so we had uh, the match went just over twenty minutes. Uh, we had Evil uh, kind of with the striking advantage outdoing Sonata there. Very close with close with grapples, four to three in terms of Sonata. Only one dive, of course, coming from Sonata. Seventy seconds compared to thirty seconds in combined. Uh, submissions, similar pin attempts, reversal attempts, but the big story, the big story from this matchup comes from the fouls. 11 fouls from Evil to zero from Sanada. Tag team partners taking very, very different tactics. And I think it was perhaps there that uh, the match was settled. What was your thoughts um, on this match, Max? Yeah, well, uh, coming from to this match as a as a wrestling fan, it, I thought it was absolutely outstanding. I think Sonata's had a, an amazing tournament mm-hmm. over over the last couple of weeks. Uh, probably the second best compared to maybe Takahashi, or even you could throw Shaw in there, who's had some uh, outstanding mm-hmm. matches. Um, but looking at it from from the statistical side of you and. As someone who's been a, a New Japan fan for, for about four years now, I've always looked at New Japan as kind of like a hard-hitting, strike-heavy um, yeah. kind of wrestling. But the stats don't really show that. I mean, going through um, – I mean, you've uh, been gracious enough to provide the, the the PowerPoint, and it covers a lot of the matches. Mm-hmm. The, the, the kind of um, strikes-to-minute ratio is, is really quite low, and the only only match that really kind of stands out as a, a strike every match is were with the Nagata and uh, uh, Suzuki ones. Uh, it's interesting, like I said, this match went 20 minutes, and there's, there's a total of just over 60 strikes, which is about, what, three a minute. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of ring true with with the thought of, of it being like a strong style um, kind of wrestling. It's just something really interesting that I've, that I noticed just uh, going through through the stats that you've come up with. Um, I, I I like the way that um, the evil is showing his evil character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that that it's um, kind of been missing. I think uh, watching evil over the last year or so, he's kind of been almost floating like in kind of a status quo and it's cool to see um his his character work come out uh and it's likely that we may have seen the end of of the tag team because of how brutal he was to his own tag team partner but yeah overall the match i thought was was absolutely stellar in a in a week of amazing matches because You've got to remember that we've not only had the New Japan Cup, but we've also had um, AEW Fighter Fest and uh, NXT's uh, Great American Bash, who've been putting out absolute bangers of a show. And but it's cool that this match still was a standout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the striking thing's really interesting. Um, Sonada's been an odd one throughout this. He doesn't. Mm. He's not a typical Japanese wrestler. Yeah. So um, I've I've um, put together an Excel document. Um, which will be available for people to look at. It's really interesting. You can you can organize um, all the wrestlers by what kind of like strikes, grapples, dives, etc. And if you if you organize the wrestlers um, by their their strikes per per hour ratio, because uh, some of them had four matches, some of them had one. You kind of need to do it by time. Um, Sonata is the fourth slowest yeah. um, striker in in the whole tournament. 
which which is really interesting. Um, Evil is nineteen out of thirty two. So both of them both of them are quite slow. Um, Sonada's got a sixty six per hour, so sixty six strikes in an hour. Um, you've got you've then got like uh, Suzuki, who's over three hundred. Nagata, who you mentioned, whose matches I've loved watching just <laughs> for the barrage of strikes, <laughs> two hundred forty six. Um, Takahashi that you mentioned as well, one hundred thirty one compared to. Uh, Sonada's 66 so it's you know it's very very different numbers um so Sonada has kind of gone through the tournament kind of relying on reversals and submissions uh, yeah. interestingly enough yeah I've, I've noticed in in the majority of his matches he's uh he's come out the worst in terms of, of striking like you said it it, it just doesn't uh, uh, when you're watching it as a layman's uh, a fan, you you would ordinarily think that Sonata would be strike heavy, uh, mm-hmm. and watching him, it, it looks that way. But when it comes down to to breaking down the the figures, he's not as strike heavy, or he hasn't been in this tournament as uh, as he as he perhaps is in uh, has been in the past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I kind of wonder if he's going that way with with his style. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's if it's quite hard to differentiate yourself in Japan because they're all such good wrestlers. And the, what I remember Sonata from as I started to watch was was those good matches with Zack Sabre Jr. And I, I just wonder if he's perhaps going that route with his style, if he's becoming more of a uh, mat grappler, perhaps? Yeah, perhaps. So it, it could also lead into... A a storyline that I've been pitching for a long while with uh, Sonata that he kind of has become despondent as a as a member of LIJ. He's currently the only one who mm-hmm. doesn't have a belt. Um he's not even in the in the shout for, for winning a title. Um and is again to the point where he just is is not interested in being a part of, of, of the faction anymore. So that's coming through in in his wrestling style. Yeah, yeah, especially after after this one, he was he was the guy that was sticking his hand out at the beginning of the match and then ended it um, getting kicked between the legs and hit with steel chairs. So yeah. it's very very different approaches from the supposed tag team partners. So yeah, moving on, um, these images will be available as you're watching the podcast. If we look at the kind of flow of offense, um, there's there's a lot more blue for evil than red for Sonata. Um, and then when we go further, the the kind of the five minute periods of this, I would say, is very interesting. In that there's a there's a big advantage for Evil at the start of the match, and then the two of them are almost neck and neck before yeah. Evil jumps up there at the end as he starts using perhaps more nefarious means. Yeah, very much so. I mean, but uh, every every time there's a there's an evil peak, uh, it's quickly followed by uh, a Sonata peak, and getting mm-hmm. further towards the end, it's actually Sonata who seems to be taking like the uh, the impetus yeah, yeah. until until like you said, we uh, get to the point where Sen- uh, evil introduces the chairs and um, and the dick kicks, <laughs> and uh, and then that's that's it. It's it's game over. And it was like proper brutal kind of. Like it wasn't a swing from quite far away. They were the most calculated <laughs> that you've perhaps ever seen. I mean, those Japanese chairs, they 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 are padded, but mm-hmm. the fact that, that he broke the chairs yeah. is yeah yeah that that it was brutal and it was a, a side of evil that we've perhaps needed to see for a long long time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It maybe differentiates him from the rest of the wrestlers in his stable. 
just one last thing on this match. We've also got so um, just a straight up bar chart of the different the different moves that they used, and this perhaps shows the difference between the two most clearly. We've got a clear strike advantage for Evil, but then an even clearer submission doubling evil submissions is sonata and then there's there's the fouls as well um big chunk for evil and with with nothing in return from sonata he was very much um taken advantage of i would suggest uh, yep. by his tag team partner absolutely but i think the the most striking thing on on this is how evenly matched in terms of uh actual offense the the, the two guys were yeah, yeah um, very. Such, to say it was a uh, it was a, a one-sided finish and a very, uh, very much a, an evil victory. Um, Sonata gave as good as he as he got, but just he, he he approached the match from a different kind of angle. Yeah, so it's interesting. They've booked the tag team partners very neck and neck, like literally neck and neck. But then for Evil living up to his name to um, kind of sucker punch his well-meaning tag team partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a good match, um, as you said so eloquently at the beginning of that. But um, my match of the night, maybe even match of the tournament. There's um, an argument for Show versus Takahaki. Takahaki. Taka. <laughs> Ta- Takaki. Um, I also very much enjoyed Suzuki and Nagata, but this this one for me was a return. This was the what I think a lot of people wanted, and um, when we were pining for New Japan. Um, Okada Takahashi for me was a tremendous affair. Um, how did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I thought um, it it was everything that we could have expected from a Takahashi versus Okada match. I mean, Okada has been one A or one B of the best wrestlers in the world mm. for for such a long time now, and Takahashi is just is just an absolute enigma. Uh, but going back to that, the tournament as a whole, um, mm-hmm. I always thought that. La- Last year's G1 would be hard to top. I felt that 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 tournament had absolutely no filler. I think all the way through the tournament there was thirty-seven five uh, plus mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer star matches, um, and for this this tournament it would it almost felt like a butchered tournament. We we wouldn't normally see the young lions involved. We certainly wouldn't see the uh, a lot of the junior heavyweights involved. Mm-hmm. But for a tournament that's been like thrown together, we've we've got we've had some absolutely outstanding matches from people who, who wouldn't normally put on such great matches. I mean, Togi Makabe has put on some yeah, absolutely, absolutely stellar matches. Uh, Toriyano, obviously, we know him as a, as a great comedy wrestler, mm-hmm. but his match with uh, with Hiromu was was, yeah. was absolutely <laughs> amazing. It was exactly how a comedy match should go down. Uh, yeah, the, I think the the whole... Um, the whole of the, the the tournament, probably aside from Yoshihashi, um, as oh, as... I liked Yoshihashi in this. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just never connected with me. Oh, I've, I've okay. never never been a huge fan of him. He's very serviceable. I mean, he can do stuff that I certainly can't do with a wrestling. <laughs> but uh, I've just he's just never been that like, someone who who I've really got invested in. But yeah, I mean, the likes of Tachi. Tati's been putting on banger of a match oh, after banger of a match. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Tai Chi has been the worst. What? I'm really sorry. How oh, Tai Chi has been How horrific. This podcast is over. Oh. Lord Tai Chi. Right, hold on. So I've picked up a little bit of an issue with fouls in this. There's like evil Gato, like Tai Chi. 
Tai Chi, based on like, and obviously it's subjective, like what a foul is. I kind of fouls are kind of things that the ref breaks up, uh, has to happen behind his back, or like use of like barricades and stuff on the outside. Based on the way that I've been judging fouls, Tai Chi has committed fifty three fouls in his three matches. Second best is twenty eight. His matches have been littered with just nonsense. Yes, but it's been glorious nonsense, and we've seen Tachi <laughs> really stand up. and And I think he's he's coming out of this. He was always seemed to be uh, a lower mid card wrestler, and I think it, it is getting pushed to that that upper mid card, even into like the the lower main card uh, kind of uh, picture. It's how how he was booked here, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was just like I I struggled seeing him beat K- Kota Ibushi. <laughs> that that was clear. I mean that that uh, and the Tanahashi was was clearly done to mm-hmm. to further the storyline for the tags. Um, and I think that's a good thing that that New Japan do is they they don't just focus on the winner uh, and they they kind of be um, bringing quite a few different storylines uh, through the tournament. So I've I've got to say I am I'm I'm pleased with how uh, Tachi has come across. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, so going back to um, Okada Takahashi, um, almost evens in strikes. Um, however, big difference, Okada almost doubling um, Takahashi's strike down. So they kind of really placed the kind of heavyweight moniker on him there. And they kind of um, followed through that as well with the grapples. He doubled uh, Takahashi again in terms of grapples. They were level for diving. Um, Okada, 107 seconds of submission compared to her almost zero <laughs> um dives and pins a little bit more from uh, takahashi he was more eager to pin had a couple more reversals in there um he hit a time bomb as well which akada had to kick out of yeah. um for me the stats don't quite do takahashi justice here i thought he didn't look out of place at all competing against okada no, not in the slightest. I agree, and I don't think he's looked out of place with, in all the heavyweights that he's faced uh, with Yano and Ishii. I think he's definitely the the heavyweights have definitely allowed, or the booking has allowed uh, Takashi to really show his his kind of uh, from underneath style wrestling chops. The fact that he's outstruck uh, Okada is is just mm-hmm. a testament to how how much faith the the that the they've got in in Takashi. Um yeah, this was just a phenomenal match. And I'm really enjoying the um Okada adding the the submission uh, aspect mm. to to his game. Um watching him over the last few years or so, you can really see he 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 kind of will take one aspect of his of his wrestling and and focus on that for an extended period of time. Uh and and obviously now we're getting uh, submissions. I think he as he he's won the majority of his matches with a submission, uh which is all of all of them, I believe. All of them, interesting. So yeah, it's it's good that he's kind of adding that that string to his bow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was almost disappointed that because that had happened throughout the tournament, I was kind of hoping that he would have to hit the rainmaker to beat Takahashi. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I wonder if they're keeping that for evil or or another time. But yeah, I was kind of um, wondering if they might pay Takahashi that kind of respect. Although the way that he went down wasn't. I mean, it was very far from anything like buried or just um, pushed to the side. The other thing that I'm going to come back to that you mentioned before that I thought was um, worth mentioning, 
and um, the kind of the kind of um, thrown together nature of this tournament, where we saw the juniors and also maybe the the new Japan dads, <laughs> as they're as they're often <laughs> referred to, being being a bit more prominent in this. I've really enjoyed a lot, like Makabe, as you said, Nagata, and then Ishimori, Sho, and Takahashi. For me, have been like the the dynamics between the older guys and the the guys from the other division having to go against the established heavyweight guys. I thought it's been really, like, really added to this. Yeah, I mean, you don't normally see uh, in singles competition the, the the heavyweights and the juniors mix it up. Uh, you you, you kind of get some clashes in, in the multi-mans, but mm-hmm. that, the multi-mans tend to be quite quick matches anyway, so you, you may only see a couple of minutes at a time. The fact that these have been having 10, 15, 20-minute matches um, yeah, it's been a breath of fresh air and seeing those kind of clash of styles. I mean, Ishii is obviously a, a, a big, bruisey, beefy, hard-hitting wrestler. And to see him kind of like mix it up with a, with the light heavyweights in um, in uh, Desperado and, and Takashi has been, it's been mm-hmm. really cool to see. And it, and it shows how um, how versatile the, the, the New Japan talent have been. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I would, I would like. I don't know. I don't know if um, they might add that to. I wouldn't do that in like the G one and lose the divisions. Cause I think it adds mm-hmm. to the product. But maybe in the cup, going forward, it might be a good spot to have it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was always going. It was always a torn, tournament of circumstance. They're just yeah. using whatever wrestlers were available. But if anyone, even, been even able Jado. To- yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> but even uh, even with the the talent they've, they've used, it's it, they've it's been one of the, the the best tournaments in recent memory. So, um, props to all the all the people who've entered, even Yoshihashi. <laughs> wow, was that difficult for you? Yeah, I, I felt I felt <laughs> dirty saying that. Um, but, I mean, you've blown your credibility though with that filthy <laughs> Tai Chi comment. We'll um, see. When he's IWGP, <laughs> at least Intercontinental Champion in the near future, you will be eating crow. I, I I wouldn't be shocked, like how he's how he's been booked. Um. So yeah, moving on to the flow of offense, I suppose it kind of shows off how the match went quite well. It is quite even, but with kind of slight advantages for Okada here and there. Um, there was quite a lengthy chop battle within this, which Takahashi also did with Ishii. Yep. Um, I think that's been Takahashi's character throughout this very much kind of like, um, I don't care if you're bigger than me, I'm going to, you know, just front up to you uh, anyway, which I don't know, I've, I thought it's been highly enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. The only the only outlier of that was when he was he was petrified of, of facing yes. Yano, and he came out with the hard hat. That was absolutely amazing. The character work that uh, Takashi pulls out is is quality, but it it goes to show that Takashi has not been afraid uh, of, of of taking these uh, heavyweights head on, and I think that'll. That'll be something interesting to to bring up when he gets his match with Nato. Hopefully, that um, mm. that he's not just the the kind of junior heavyweight of the group, but he's he's uh, a prominent member of, of LRJ. Would you put him in the G one? Just just him. Hmm. Um, it would be setting a huge precedent. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally, I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think you'd want to kind of. Um, Muddy the waters of the G1. Uh, 
because hopefully by the time the G1 comes around, we'll have the, a, almost a full roster of uh, of, yeah. um, of wrestlers back. So I think uh, we'll get back to the kind of the standard where uh, the the juniors have their tournaments and the heavyweights have their tournaments. I mean, if if it, if the situation is still as it is now, I would be more than happy for him to to be in it. I mean, seeing him against someone like the likes of Moxley would be an amazing match. Mm. Uh, oh wow, that that is a great shout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I immediately want to see that. But uh, ordinarily, I think. If if the heavyweights are available, I think keeping it to like a heavyweight centric tournament it'd, it'd be uh, better. I think for me anyway. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, then looking, we've got the kind of the periods, um, chunking the match into five minute chunks. Again, it although it's not not close. Um, it's it's Okada uh, Okada dominant almost. Um, enormously so uh, uh, one five minute period going to Takahashi but Okada very much controlling the match and Takahashi hanging on would be how I would read that yeah, what what it, what stands out to me in, in this uh, flow of offense was how consistent over the over the match that uh, Takahashi was. I mean, obviously <laughs> you've got Okada uh, who's had a a, a a good first five minutes. Uh, a better uh, 10 minutes than a bit of a lull. Uh, there's like kind of uh, peaks and troughs where Takahashi's, it's it's fairly even across the mm-hmm. board and um, even like raising to the to the last 25, the last five minutes or so when he, he kind of does drop off and Akara picks up the victory. But I think it, it shows, again, how much kind of faith they're putting in Takahashi that he's had such a strong showing against arguably the greatest wrestler uh, to have ever stepped in the ring. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. And I think, yeah, like a lot of people are disappointed that he didn't win this. But based on what you were saying about the G1 and the way that New Japan like to separate their divisions, maybe it was just a step too far for him to win this. And the the way that they have booked him was about as close that they felt they could push him without kind of um, undermining their structure. Yeah, I mean, I, when I, I was doing some uh, bracketology and like, kind of predicting it, I felt that um, getting up to Ishii would have been uh, would have been the kind of the perfect level for Takahashi mm-hmm. because once you get into like the the quarterfinals and the semifinals, it's 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 where you want the tournament to become a bit more serious, where the winner um, deserves it rather than kind of like uh, comedy in his way to the final. Um, the match against Ishii was was outstanding, but I think this was the perfect way to kind of finish um, Takashi's tournament. He's had some outstanding matches. He's really shown that he can hang with the big boys, uh, but ultimately the better wrestler went through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last thing on that match, we've got the kind of the bar chart, which just really visualizes the comparison of mm-hmm. uh, the two wrestlers and you know, you could, obviously there's the huge like Takahashi didn't feel comfortable, or they didn't book him as you know being in a position to try any submissions with Okada, um, and then there's also the gaps and strike downs and grapples, which you know makes sense for the heavyweights, uh, and then the strikes, um, Takahashi using more, but Okada's were heavier. So you know, it's it's a very New Japan lightweight versus. Um, heavyweight where the the lightweight is very much leveling up to challenge but mm-hmm. it's still illustrating the 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 class kind of uh you know the 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 hierarchy 
Yeah, absolutely, and, and you can see that again with the with the total offense where it was heavily weighted mm. uh, for Okada. But I think the the bar chart kind of rubber stamps the fact that uh, whilst um, uh, Takashi wasn't up to the the level of, of Okada, he gave it. He gave it a really good shot, and the fact that he's uh he's um been able to match and 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 even better some of uh, a card of statistics is again it's tantamount to the fact that they've got a lot of faith in in Takahashi as a as a potential heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, I, I'm sure uh, you as I would be very excited to see him make that leap in two mm-hmm. three years time. Um, he's very convincing, very. Um, one of the most, if not the most exciting up-and-coming wrestler, I'd suggest, on that roster. Yeah, and it's been that way for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, his character work is above reproach, and the, and I think that if he didn't get the injury with uh, with Dragon Lee and, and was yeah. out for such a long, long time, he'd probably be closer to, to being a heavyweight than, than he is now. Uh, but, yeah... He, the guy is just an absolute wrestling phenomenon, and, and it's 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 really really good to be in the kind of generation where you get to watch this guy wrestle because mm-hmm. he's he's absolutely stunning. Perfect. Um. So that that kind of takes us to the to the final, and we have Kazuchika Akada progressing to face Evil. Um. So on the preview graphic. Um, we've got singles matches: twenty twenty six to one for Okada, four to one for Evil. Very similar, both obviously four and zero in the cup. Um, interesting ring time. Okada's wrestled about twenty minutes longer than Evil um, in in this competition, um, and then we've got things like total offense and then per hour rates. When we look at the total offense, Okada is ahead of Evil in almost everything, but that is largely because of the ring time difference. When you kind of correct that for um, for the, the the ring time difference, we see Evil is more reliant on submissions. He's having to reverse more. He fouls and taunts more, probably to no one's surprise. <laughs> um, whereas Okada is better with grapples, strike downs, um, and strikes. Um, Okada tends to take and give out more um, damage than Evil, so his what matches are more intense. Whereas Evil is. Um, wrestling perhaps at a slower rate and um, but where the ring times do come into it is Okada has totals of offense more so he's kind of sharpening his sword more mm-hmm. but the kind of flip side of that is um where evil has taken 148 moves Okada has taken 215 and um, so you know he's well well versed perhaps but it's whether or not that is that's going to pay off when you take into consideration the amount of punishment that he has taken in comparison to evil. Yeah, uh, I think having the the few days uh, kind of break yeah. might negate that. Um, going going back to the the booking, I think mm-hmm. you'll find it would be hard pressed to find anyone who actually booked evil to 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 make it into the final. Oh, uh, yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people's favourite on that side of the bracket were the likes of uh, Shingo, were the likes of uh, Sonata, maybe even um, Ibushi. Uh, mm-hmm. But so to see Evil come through, uh, it's, it is a, a refreshing change. I think he's, he's faced Okada a couple of times and, and always come up short. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if this this evil evil um, can can kind of like get over that hump of, of, of Okada. 
So do you think it's do you think it's going to be that kind of idea um, in the evil's main the the main difference between the two of them will be down to the tactics and obviously Okada three uh, hold on that's per hour and um, Okada's used four things within the tournament that were uh, with the rules I think a couple of that is just throwing people into barriers whereas evil has used twenty eight kind of maneuvers methods mm-hmm. and you know it's not just putting people into barriers he's hitting people. Um, over the head with steel chairs and going low. Yeah, I think that has to be his approach. Um, he he had he used that approach against Sonaru, who you would argue is is the better technical wrestler mm-hmm. of the tag team. And Akada uh, is obviously on another level above Sonaru. Uh, so if he, if Evil is going to to have any chance of winning this match, he's not. It's probably not going to be able to out wrestle Akada. He's going to have to. Uh, is going to have to go to the well and and maybe uh, like weaken a card with with fouls, whether it's with chairs, with uh, barrier shots, uh, and 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 kind of like break him down rather than 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 out wrestling. Okay, so so evil, no chance unless he's evil. I think. Being evil gives him a better chance. I, I, I wouldn't uh-huh. want to rule him out of uh, of the match. I think uh, anybody, the sun shines on 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 a dog at any any time. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, and technically, he's, he's still a, a very very good wrestler. So there's always that that chance that that Akada slips up. But as we've seen throughout this tournament, Akada's been damn near untouchable. He's been uh, he's been so so solid. Uh, adding that that submission to his game has, has kind of like increased his his repertoire almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, evil is going to have to pull something out of the bag to to topple this this uh, this new uh, version of a card. So I would fully expect evil to to revert to what's what's got him to the to the dance yeah. in the first place, and that's that's the fouls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last bit of this graphic is a complete mess up on my end, but maybe a happy mistake here. Um, so this was supposed to be showing off how much of each match's offense the two had. Um, and so Okada is 52% and Evil is 54% of their respective matches. And so when you when you put them together in this kind of... Um, this kind of combined bar chart graph, it the it kind of shows that evil might end up having about 51-52% of the offense mm-hmm. based on their prior matches. So that, that would be like a guess. Um, and th- this also suggests that based on how much each of them reverse, evil might have to, if he's got any chance in this, he would have to reverse more, more so than Akada. Um, and then when you put both their strike rates together, it's suggesting that Okada's hitting will be like almost four to five percent more so um, than Evil's. Um, can we can we take anything from that, Mags, or is it is it just kind of the good versus evil story, the the fouls versus the accomplished wrestler? I think this shows how evenly matched they are in terms mm-hmm. of uh, in terms of uh, reversal rate, strike downs, and 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 offense in general. Uh, but it, it shows the the kind of style of offense that that makes the difference. And and obviously we've seen that um, evil using fouls as yeah. as weakened his opponent, so his offenses has kind of uh, had more impact. Um, but I, I I just think that. 
is going to have to pull something out of the bag, and it's going to it's going to be the difference of of the the, the submissions again. I think with with mm-hmm. Ricardo, he's gonna he's gonna uh, keep to that well again. As as I said, with Evil using the fouls uh, that brought him to the final, uh, the submissions have brought Ricardo to the final. So it would be kind of a, a weird way to go if he, he didn't revert to that in this this match as well. Um, so Evil's gonna have to find a way to combat those those uh, submissions attempts and those seconds and and utilize whether he utilizes fouls uh and he's wrestling to break a card down and, and pick up the the victory who knows but um yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting fact that it, it's a, a a really interesting dichotomy of how they both got to the final um a carder with really good technical uh skill and evil just literally laying waste to everyone and, and kind mm. of cheating his way to the final. Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting as well because I suppose, um, as, you, as you mentioned, not a lot of people had evil to get this far. So that they have booked him really viciously and really strongly, if you mm-hmm. think about it retrospectively, especially with what he did to Yoshihashi, who I, who I would also suggest had been booked quite strongly. Um, but was in the end used as a tool to to make evil look vicious and careless. Yeah, and I, I think it was also kind of um, a lot of it was down to how the the quadrants were set up. If you looked at the the the, the right side quadrant, it was it was very stacked in terms of talent. Yeah. Then you, the the top of the left again was was stacked, and that that bottom uh, left quadrant was was outside of Goto perhaps was was quite a weak uh was quite a weak quadrant so um evil has obviously done well to to come out of that quadrant um but yeah it, it's just going to be i think it's just going to be a a, a a fun interesting kind of like mix of styles uh, i think evil has been um He's he's benefited from this this kind of pandemic era where uh, New Japan have, have almost kind of wiped the the board clean and started afresh. Uh, I think going into into um, the the just the, the 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 wrestling before the the coronavirus started, Evil didn't have much of a storyline going. There wasn't no, kind no, of a lot there, and now he's heading into to potentially. Uh, Getting a title shot after winning this with this match, so he's he's really benefited from this like kind of wiping the slate clean. Uh, whereas someone like Sonata has has has, has not benefited at all. Um, so between uh, Evil and probably Takahashi, they've really come out as strong in this in in this tournament, and it's it'll be interesting to see where they go from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's again, it's been it's been an odd tournament in that um, brackets went out the window. Early on, perhaps mm-hmm. when, even when Nagata beat Suzuki or when yeah. Sho beat Takagi, it's been it's been a you know interesting. It's been an odd one, but like the the surprises have been there, the good matches have been there, um, and I'm sure Okada uh, versus Evil um, next weekend will will be within the the same kind of story. Yeah, I, I think so. And again, you mentioned uh, Shingo. I, I had mm-hmm. Shingo pinned as the winner or potential winner. Uh, I think in in the lead up to uh, the 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 virus, he was arguably one of the strongest wrestlers in, if not in New Japan, in in, in the world. He had a, a an outstanding year, and I thought that this would be his time to kind of push on, uh, come out of that that uh, junior heavyweight division, and really make a name for himself in in the heavyweight division. Uh, but obviously, he's he's been a 
a big victim of of this uh, kind of resetting of the of the storylines. Uh, it's cool that he's getting a storyline with Shaw. I think they've uh, they've confirmed that Shaw's going to challenge for that never title mm-hmm. uh, because the the matches that they put on have been absolutely stellar, and you could you could literally hook that up to my veins and I've watched <laughs> that all day long. It's it's such a good a good mix. Um, Shaw's always been obviously the 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 standout uh, kind of person in in Rapongi 3K, uh, and then we've got yours, kind of like the Marty Jannetty of the group, <laughs> uh, which which is. Uh, it's a disservice, really, because yours is absolutely a stellar talent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so um, we're going to leave uh, New Japan Cup there. Um, I think, as you were saying about uh, Dominion, just to confirm the matches, I believe it's Sho versus Shingo, mm-hmm. and then there's the tag match, um, the, oh, what were they calling themselves? The Golden Aces, Ibushi and Tanahashi versus um, Dangerous Techers, which yes. is Tai Chi and ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. And the only other match I'm aware of right now is the, so there'll be the um, Naito versus the winner of this. Is there, have I missed anything out? No, that's the only ones I'm aware of. Yeah. I'm guessing that something will happen at the final in maybe a tag match with Takahashi and somebody. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, maybe someone will challenge Takahashi for, for his... Uh junior heavyweight title. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun next few months for, for New Japan. Yeah, it's been it's been quite exciting, um, kind of, the, this tournament and then all the possibilities going forward. And I think a lot of people um, almost forget that John Moxley has that title. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially when they, they stripped him because he couldn't make mm-hmm. it back uh Late last year, and then obviously he won it back. He's he's kind of one of the two wrestlers in in AEW with uh with Jericho, who's, who's that yeah. bridge with with New Japan. So hopefully, uh, in twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, we'll we'll get some more kind of like crossover between the the two companies. Um, well, that's that's my kind of dream, I suppose. Get some more uh, some more AEW talent coming over for for the the likes of the G one mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so thank you, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for lending your uh, your credibility to the pod. Of um, <laughs> very uh, little credibility <laughs> that I had. <laughs> as as a first, well, you've ruined it now with your Tai Chi takeaways. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for being the first guest to the pod. Um, thank you for um saving me as um Ryan abandoned me to deal with his perfectly reasonable ex- his perfectly reasonable excuse um and yeah uh, thank you for coming on is there anything you would like to point people in the direction of whilst you're here for our yeah. um two and a half listeners <laughs> well first of all yeah it's been um, um it's been an honor to come on the show i've i've uh, i've said to you many times i've i really love the way you deep dive into into the statistics and and the fact that you're you're putting out a regular podcast is amazing. I, it's one of the I think I've mentioned to you it's one of the uh, the few YouTube videos that I don't watch at, at twice the speed because I don't want to kind of miss any of the statistics, which, uh, I, so which I've taken as a big compliment to us. It, it's a massive compliment. It really, really is. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool to see you 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 getting your statistics and your voice out there. Uh, in terms of me, I, I just keep on keeping on. Um, I've got Why We Watch, uh, where I talk to wrestling fans and creators about uh, about why they love this uh, wacky sport of people uh, pretending to fight in their underwear. 
Um, then I've also got a podcast called uh, Badlands, where, again, I talk to wrestling fans, but this time we focus on uh, creating Mount Rushmore's or, or top tens of, of certain topics in wrestling. I share that uh, podcast with my podcast wife, Mr. Paul Tolley. Uh, and then uh, me and my son, we have a, a UFC-based podcast where we uh, look at the 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 UFC events of the weekend and kind of break down what we thought uh, went down here. So you can uh, find all my stuff out on my Twitter at DJ Kirby. You can find all those podcasts uh, wherever you you choose to listen to podcasts. Uh, so yeah, uh, check it out. Um, thanks for thanks again for the opportunity. Oh, you're you're very welcome. Um, so yeah, uh, Badlands and um, Mount Rushmore podcast is a really kind of um, it's just a nice wrestling. It's not it's not it's like not too hard going it's quite entertaining and um, your your why we watch series i really like in that it's more kind of personal you're getting to know people and it's just quite a, a it's a really i don't know, it's just like a really not the best vocabulary here but it's just a nice podcast i would say it's quite friendly yeah, and much, personable i think the, the 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 standout things with the podcast that i create are the ideas are so simple uh mm-hmm. why yeah. we watch is literally just a, a chat about wrestling it's about how each person uh, took a different route to get to being a wrestling fan, uh, and with uh, with Badlands, everybody has a Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Uh, right. It's one of the most subjective uh, kind of topics in in wrestling. There's no right or wrong answer. Whoever really appeals to you uh, may not appeal to someone else, but there's the there's no uh, kind of um, there's no argument there. What you like is what you like, and uh, we kind of just take that and, and tweak it a little bit and have a different topic every week. And yeah, it's, it it brings a little bit of fun back into wrestling because uh, with wrestling social media and especially wrestling Twitter, sometimes that fun can can kind of be eroded mm-hmm. away. And it's it's cool to just uh, sit down for an hour or so and just have a laugh and just chat about the silly silly side of wrestling. Um, wonderful. Um, we'll leave it there. Um, I've been and still I'm Craig from ProLessingMusings.com. Um, you'll find you'll find us on Twitter. All the links will be in the podcast notes. Um, video version there if you want to see the visuals and use the website if you're listening on the move. Thank you very very much for listening. Thank you.